Hey. Hey. Welcome. Welcome to, to staying, staying in with, with Emily and Kamel. We should get that part right because we that know is the, the name title. of the podcast yeah. by this point. This is Kamel Nanjiani, everybody. I'm Emily V. Gordon. No, that's wait. <laughs> you just said this is Kamel Nanjiani. I, Oh, oh, I thought oh, you that's were, funny. I was actually being I thought like, you were, hey, everyone, I'm introducing everyone to you. Oh, okay. This, and this is Emily V. Gordon. And we are the Croquettes. Okay, how's it going? <laughs> how's it? What is the Croquettes? The Croquettes is the band I just made up that we're both in. Um, they're, oh. They're delightful. And I've oh. also been using the word Croquettes a lot this week. I put it in a script I was just writing. What? I, I don't would, know why. I would murder a croquette right now. I don't even know what... Uh, it's like a deep-fried little thing. Ball. It's a ball. Yeah, it's got like uh, it, potatoes it, or... It implies or, that there's a croak. Is there a Oh, croak? this is a small <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't finish a croak. I'll just get a couple croquettes, please. Which is like the slider you, problem. What? The slider problem. What is a slider problem? The slider problem is that you're like, oh, I'm not that hungry. I'm just going to get a couple sliders. And it, sliders comprise... Are most are more bread. More bread. I finally Less someone meat. is taking down sliders. <laughs> I feel like I we've talked about this before in our real life. Sliders are overrated. Give me a full size sandwich. I love a slider because I like sliders. I, only that you feel like oh I'm not eating very much. This is great. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overindulge tonight. I'm just gonna have a slider or two, and then cut to like six sliders later, and you're like. There's a loaf of bread inside of me now. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so much bread. It's like mostly bread. And not a lot of meat. And it's not satisfying, I don't think. Yeah. I would rather eat a full burger. Although I do Bites. like... The, huh? Bites. I do like the feeling of like eating something and seeing another full one of that thing there. Like that's still that left to exciting. go. That is exciting. Maybe that that's it, what it is. That's a good feeling. Um, I got really obsessed with Chicken Littles when I was little, uh, younger. What is that? Chicken Littles are Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC. Pardon me, we're not supposed to say fried anymore a kfc uh chicken little item that was a basically like a fried chicken slider uh i think they had mayonnaise on them and um i would eat as a young girl six to eight of them. it's so hard to not keep eating <laughs> and just had no sense of like maybe that's too right. many maybe that's because i would not feel great afterwards but they right. were so delicious and i think it, it was what you said that i'd look up and be like i've got there's, so many more there's more it's a good feeling <laughs> it's a good feeling it's also it's like my ish, big issue as you like being in the moment is hard and that's a very good example of it i'm not even <laughs> thinking about what i'm currently eating i'll be eating something and get sad that it's going to be over before it's over that, that is, happens that to me. That is exactly you. Constantly. <laughs> You're already mourning something you haven't finished experiencing. So like yesterday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I am mourning the death of something that is still alive <laughs> currently. Like yesterday we got, we don't order in at all. We do it once a week. But yesterday we decided to break the rules. And we ordered from this Thai place and we got a Thai omelet, right? Each of us did. Each of us got a Thai omelet. Which also, you get very irritated when we order the same item sometimes. I just am like, uh, I, I just think of the people on the other side and they're like, oh, these basic, basic people. That is the craziest. I don't get irritated. That is it's the craziest just, thing. It's, I'm not irritated. It's just like I pick something and then you change your order to my thing. That, yes, sure. You're not irritated, but you are like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, I know. It is a little bit of come on. Anyway, it's uh, basic to order the same thing, is it? 
No, it's fine. We're, it's totally fine. Get what you want. We, and you didn't regret getting it. Not at all. So then... So good. So then... It's not like we're sitting on the same side of the table like a couple of lovebirds. Uh-oh. I, I, I like didn't that. mean to say it. <laughs> lovebirds? Out. Out. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. It'll it's be out, out tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. On Netflix. Um, I, I will go to lovebirds in a second because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about it. But uh, before that, we got this omelet... And there was like, it's amazing. This Thai omelet is like very fluffy. I think the secret is a lot of oil. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also great. Rice. You never have an omelet with rice because you're like, how could anybody do that? Get into it. But then because it's Thai, you're like, oh, that's culture. That's what it's good. And it is so good. And it had ground chicken in it. Mm. It was so good. I was so excited all day because we decided in the morning we'd get it for dinner. All day I was like, I'm going to do this, this, this. I look forward to look. As soon as I got it, I put it on my plate. I was like, my God, look at it. Look at <laughs> it's it. It's perfectly round too because I think they make it in a small pan. It's a so beautiful like, it item. It fills the pan. It fills the pan and it's like sort of feathery, feathery, feathery. And uh, as I took the first bite, <laughs> I got sad that it was going to be over. <laughs> the whole time <laughs> so was... The entire meal was just the impending sadness of not having the meal anymore. <laughs> anyway, so what weird thing made well, you cry this I was week? Gonna, I was going to say another thing real quick. We were oh, talking please. about sliders to burgers. We were talking about croquettes to croaks. Croaks. Where do you stand on donut holes? I like them. You do? I don't need the. I don't need a shape. I don't need a shape. <laughs> you don't that. need a shape. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Why not? First of all, it's a lie. It's not like there was yeah. a disc that they cut what the hole out of. What a clever idea. Like, it's a good you, idea. It's such a clever idea. Like, it's, extra. Yeah, <laughs> it's extra. extra. We cut the hole out. There's no... And also, it's when you get a donut and a donut hole from that same place, the donut hole doesn't fit in the hole of that You've donut. You've tried this. Yeah, it doesn't fit. This is your... This is What's the deal <laughs> with donut holes? So I am, I am anti-donut holes. If you're going to eat a donut, eat a donut. Well, what what if you don't want a full donut? That's a large, it can be a large item. You just want a little something. And then you end up eating eight of them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I also think most, it's weird. To what else when, you got food wise? Gimme, gimme. Oh, it's staying in the realm of donuts still. Mm. Here's the thing people don't know. I'll ask someone, do you like a cake donut or do you like a dough donut? And they're like, what? I'm like, there are two kinds of donuts and they are so different. And it's stunning to me if you've lived your life eating donuts and not realize that it's at its most basic. Obviously, there's a jelly donut, there's strawberry, there's cruller, all that stuff. Cruller's not a donut, first of all. Don't don't jump down my throat. The idea that you have had donuts your whole life and you don't know that there are at base two kinds of donuts is stunningly shocking to me. Everybody, this is what it's like. To be married. Emily, do you know there are two kinds of donuts? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I yeah. prefer the dough donuts. I don't like cake donuts. I, don't, I think at this point it's unimportant which one you prefer. <laughs> you are railing. I am railing. I'm in that mode. I have not been sleeping. No, you haven't been. You've I been have not been time. sleeping because mm. Lovebirds comes out and I've been very nervous because it's going to be on Netflix. So we won't know what the box office or anything is going to be. Yes. So um, right now... We're 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great. Yeah. And it's also, I think you're having to do a lot of press for it. It's a lot of and press. So it's, it's a lot of press. And it's a lot of press from our house, which is a whole different... It's one thing to get into the energy like you were on Colbert, uh, of Colbert when you're there in the studio and the band's there and the audience is there, but to have to like recreate that energy. And you're in the green room and you get a ton of fun yeah. food. and 
Yeah, like I just 10 minutes ago was talking to Seth Meyers. Oh, well, let me pick up that a, name you just dropped. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you just did Seth Meyers, literally, did that from our house. Yeah. And what I have seen, because for me, the Colbert thing, which I watched, you on Colbert, it is a different energy. And I haven't watched a lot of other people uh, on Late Night, uh, but I think it's interesting, and I like that people are bringing different energy to Late Night now, yeah. because you kind of can't keep that same like, ah, I was on a skiing trip. <laughs> right. You can't do that. It's much more of a, just a conversation. The yeah. pressure of trying to be like, have a funny thing to say every 30 seconds is gone. You know, it used to be that people would do talk shows, late night talk shows, because then I guess the audience would go, oh, that person seems cool. I bet that movie will be cool. But I don't think that's the case anymore. Why? Because I think people know the people that are on talk shows now. They're not being introduced to anybody That's on right. talk shows. right. Everybody knows everyone's personality, kind of. It's not yeah. the only time you'll see... It's not see the only time you see them not in character. Because they're like doing Instagram stories every day. Exactly. You used to only see actors being in character. Interesting. And then now you do not. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what made you cry this week? Weird thing. Um, I've been lis- listening to... I've been listening to a lot of uh, like... I've been listening to a lot of uh, playlists that are like electronic music just as I'm working on kind of uh, a new thing. And the Stardew Valley, <laughs> the Stardew Valley score keeps coming The new coming thing, up. can I just say real quick, I'll show off for you, is a movie that you're writing for The Rock and Emily Blunt. We don't have to talk Dwayne, about it very Dwayne much. Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Uh, and Emily Blunt. It's so... What a, you, de- what a delight. Oh, my God. Anyway, keep going. Yes. I'm very excited about it. Very exciting. It's in the new stages, but it's very fun. And they're both um, they're both great. It's kind of... I'm I, sorry. Could you pick up the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> I did say Dwayne Johnson. That's been so hard for me, and I've said this to him, to just be oh like... God. Dwayne. I don't know. D- DJ. Dwayne. Like, it's hard for me to say his... Just name. call him the... Yeah, I should probably do that. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? But again, I haven't met. I met with Emily Blunt in person once, but all of this has been, it's been a whole Zoom experience. So that's been, um, that's been interesting too, but uh, I'm excited about anyway, it. Anyway, you have a I've new been, playlist because you're working. So you basically have a playlist for every project. So every movie you write, you sort of have a music. I create a different playlist for and it, you yeah. do a different music thing that you listen kind to. Of get, it gets you in the headspace if you're working on multiple projects. Uh, and I recommend this for other jobs too. It kind of just gets you in the right headspace. And the idea is that you... It's like, um, what is it, operant conditioning? Whereas uh, you pair one thing. They did a thing with dogs where they paired a bell. They rang a bell and then fed the dogs. Wait, rang you're a- telling me they did a thing with dogs? <laughs> they rang a bell, fed the dogs, read the- rang a bell, fed the dogs. So eventually when they would ring the bell, the dogs would start salivating. Right. It's the, uh, what's it called? Operant conditioning. No, no, no. But the name of it, uh, Pavlovian response. Pavlo- it's Yeah, Pavlov. That's right. And so I kind of do that with music. I create a playlist, work on the thing, create it, and then hopefully you get inspired. Anyway, right, right, right. So the uh, one of the songs from Stardew Valley came on, and it's by uh, Concerned Ape is the name of the artist. And it was called, it's the winter one. It's the winter because you have different seasons in Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, is, uh, for those of you who don't know, is similar to Animal Crossing. I kind of love it. It was made by one person. I haven't actually played it in quite some time, but just hearing the music for it was so achingly sad and sweet. And I found myself just thinking about the game and wondering how my game is 
because you know the people go on when you're not there and then i kind of got uh, oh they're gone they're all abandoned well i know a lot of weeds are definitely growing in my farm that's for sure so i got a little sad about that and that was a weird thing that made me cry again plenty of perfectly normal things made so, me cry all week someday when you're like feeling more confident in yourself go look and see what those guys are up oh to. no no they're not doing okay they're, they're done. <laughs> they need my help okay <laughs> only i can save them uh-huh. i'm the mayor of the town i'm not i i just am controlling one farmer but it's a great game, and uh, that's the that's what made, made you cry. Concerned ape, yeah. Uh, mine is not as weird. I got teary eyed on Colbert talking about bread. <laughs> we could see it in your eyes. By the way, if you watch you on Colbert, you can see the thing that I see, which is that your eyes start getting shiny when you're about to cry. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that actually was, was, we've been watching this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. We've oh. talked about it before. Really, really good. But there's a... It ended this past week. It ended this mm-hmm. past week. And uh, Steve Kerr, who uh, I love and have loved for a long time. He's he's a, he's the coach of the Warriors right now. He's just a really smart, smart, seems like just a good dude all around. Also looks like a friend of ours that we won't name. Mm. Um and he everyone's like is it me <laughs> there was a him and michael jordan had gotten gotten in, this is a famous thing jordan had punched steve kerr is the story that i'd heard for like years decades so they talk about that story and then they sort of have their friendship like so but steve kerr stands up to michael and so michael is like now i respect him which is obviously a big move but he's like and now i re- respect him and so the whole time cuz steve kerr works really hard even though he's not that talented compared to some of the other players, Michael really respects Michael. Really respects him because <laughs> he works hard. Right. right. Because he works hard. Right. And so at the end, in one of these last games, the, Michael knows what play the defense is going to run. And he quietly says to Steve Kerr, because so the cameras are there. With like the he covers in his, front of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. he covers the, He's like, Steve, be ready. Steve, be ready. And Steve Kerr goes, instead of being like, yeah, yeah, I'll be ready. He's like, yes, Michael, I'll be ready. I'm going to be ready. He's like screaming it. <laughs> he's so And excited. then it happens exactly as Michael Jordan knew it was going to uh-huh. happen. So and thank goodness they weren't watching. Right. And Steve Kerr <laughs> makes the shot. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a great arc for their relationship. And also it had humor in it because it's so funny that Steve Kerr is like so dorky and like doesn't know to cover his, like doesn't right. know to it's like so play funny. Cool. Yeah. Steve Kerr now realizes it. Like in the present, he's talking about like, I just screamed it. I should not have <laughs> screamed it. Then at the the speech that they do in Grant Park after they've, ah, I don't want to get into all the details of it, but but it's good. And Steve's, uh, uh, Steve Kerr has a similar backstory to Jordan in that they both lost their dad yeah. to violence. Um, and so him making that shot, I just, it like really, really. That's some deep dude stuff. Deep it was dude beautiful. Stuff. <laughs> it's just like dudes who hate each other coming together and dude respect, you know. Dude respect. I, there's such like a, a an arc of like dude friendship against all odds that we don't have a real template for for lady friendship. And of course, I'm speaking of like general, I'm generalizing all over the place, but we have s- such an established arc for dude friendship, like he doesn't respect him and then he bows up to him and he stands up to him and then they do. I'm just saying it's a beautiful thing. It gets me every single time. We don't have that for ladies. But you don't generally see it in real life. Like in real life, if I meet a guy that and we hit it off, it's not like, well, I don't respect him. I don't really think of people that I respect him. I respect almost everyone. (laughs) Almost. Yeah. You gotta leave that little wiggle room. <laughs> Maybe it's you. <laughs> no, there are certainly people that I don't respect, but sure. but but it's it's. It, you, I think you have 
I, I think everybody's great. Right. I'm just saying like, I, I just mean in art, you're right. You don't often see it in life, but I just think it's right. such a lovely narrative that when it starts, you kind of know how it's going to end. And you're just like, oh, that's cool. I wish we had that for lady friendship. We just don't really, we don't really have that. We need yeah. it. Yeah. What you see with lady friendships is. Uh, oh, do tell. Well, you see a lot where it'll be like, it just, not as much anymore. They fall for the same guy or mm -hmm. something. And then now there's like a tension and then they realize, oh, the guy doesn't matter. What matters is their relationship. And then they share a lipstick and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, we should be writing this down. <laughs> um, so those are the things. Um, wow. I just went real quiet for a second there. What happened? The <laughs> Where did you go? I thought of five things. Everybody's like, is is the podcast okay? Oh, I thought no, you couldn't fine. think of anything, but you thought of five things. I thought of five things at once and was like, which way to go? I have a quick question um, for the people out there who get, um, who menstruate. Hey, how's that going? It's so weird what's happening. So, so you, you're, explain what's happening. I just... I have noticed and I have checked in with a few friends and all of my friends have said uh, that they are also having very intense uh, it, it periods. Very intense. Yeah. It's like, so you've been having intense ones and everybody that you've talked to is- Here I am talking about it. And I know some people I work with listen to this. I wonder- Welcome what, to my what, world. It's okay. Right. Why is that bad to talk about? Yeah, I guess that's- Yeah, you got me. Yeah, that's true. I do still have stuff about it. I do. I still have a thing of like, oh, no one's supposed to know I do this thing that, that literally every person who menstruates does yeah. every month. But um, yeah, it's been super intense. And I don't know if it's just that all of us are around more and able to pay attention more to what's happening with ourselves, but it's like very painful. It's a, it's like fording a mighty river. <laughs> it's like, it, and I don't know. And I'm, so I'm kind of like seeking, uh, what, what do other, what do other people think who menstruate? Like where, where, where are you guys, where are you all at? Where is everybody at? That's yeah. what I want to know. Are you out there fording? Are you out there fording? Is everything fine? I don't know if it's like a moon thing. If it's like, we're all staying at home. I'm not around other people who menstruate, which is sometimes a way that you, what a crazy thing that the is, The right? moon thing is so amazing. The moon thing is interesting. Do they know what it the is? The syncing up thing is, no, it's, 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 you know. They don't at least with pay attention the to us. up. I can sort of, in some way, understand there's some pheromone hormone, something. I can like, I don't know what it is. I'm sure people do. I don't. But I, in the realm of like science, I can understand how that could be happening. Like, just like with the moon. Moon's so far away. What the hell's going on with that? How how's that working with our tides too? I don't understand. Well, that, that is stuff. gravity. Well, maybe it's gravity maybe it's some uterus gravity yeah could be uterus <laughs> gravity that's a good band name i don't think that's ever been said before uterus gravity <laughs> certainly not on this podcast may never have been said before anyway so those are the things on our mind uh you have been very worried not worried but you've been dealing with um heavy with with uh difficult periods <laughs> And I've been dealing with the fact that I people just don't know that there are two kinds of donuts. <laughs> both equally important issues affect us both and, yeah, in equal measure. I'm just curious how people, how other people are feeling about it and if they're feeling the same way or if it's, if it's an isolated thing. If it's You know when you think something's wide and you talk to your friends about it? We were talking about this among my friends the other day where uh, one of our friends found out that her friend has been getting uh, her house cleaned every week and has been having a dog walker every day. And yeah. we were like, oh, are, 
is it somehow we're the only ones who are like still Word. taking this seriously and nobody else is. Uh, and so I was like, maybe there's a similar thing with uh, menstruation that it's just among my friends that like oh, menstruation. Just your friends are having, <laughs> are fording out there. Everybody else is fine. It's just very, it's just very intense. It's a strange thing. It's also. Uh, more uh, intense for me. Also. We should also say that it's a. A lot of the country is has started to go back to normal. So when you say, are we the only ones taking it seriously? The number of people who are sort of in this stay-at-home quarantine, I think, has dwindled quite a that bit. That is true. I don't look that stuff up so much anymore because it just doesn't make me feel good. Either way, one, if I think it's dangerous that it's happening, that's bad. Or if I'm jealous that it's happening, that's bad. So I get nothing right. out of it. So I just don't look at it. But... From what I understand, you know, I know because I go to my uh, my gym blogs, my workout uh-huh. blogs, and all the articles now are like, they used to be, how do you work out at home without weights? And now they're all, how do you work out at the gym after you've taken a couple months off? So that's how I know that the gym's not. How do you up. work at the gym and stay safe? It's like, how do you get back into the? I don't shred? think it's in there. To be fair, it's not like their responsibility to. to be no, like, I'm just curious if they're like checking in with each other to find out like tips or so. How are their periods are going? Have they any of them talked about that at all? No, mm-hmm. not yet. I should go on a. Is there a period Reddit? Is there a menstruation Reddit? I'm sure there is. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there I is. I should check that. Um, the other thing we were talking about that I realized is. Uh, I don't know how we got to this. You were talking about chicken pox, right? <laughs> we were talking about, I think we were talking about chicken pox, yes. How, do you remember how we got to it? No. Basically, I realized that the <clears throat> when I was a kid, I hated school so much, I loved getting sick. <laughs> it was my favorite thing. If I checked my temperature and I was over like 99, oh my God, I, I have this visceral excitement feeling when I was a kid. I hated school so much. And there were only two times that I ever got sick that I regretted being sick. One was my brother got chicken pox. He got a mild case. And he was like, I had to stay home for two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And my brother and I always fought. This was like the most affectionate I've been to him. I was hugging him, kissing him all the time. I got it. Because you wanted to get chicken pox. I wanted to get chicken pox and stay home like him. Yeah. I got it. And it was so much more... So much worse than his. It was so much worse. I remember specifically what the poxes looked like yeah. and how huge they were and how itchy they were. So and they're itchy. like, it's a nightmare. It's it's so crazy that it's like completely irresponsible design. Yeah, to have this happen to a little kid and be like, uh. If you scratch it, scar for life. You're gonna be scarred for life forever. I have a couple scars on my face, still there, still there, from when I was like, you know, yeah. eight or nine years old. When you're not really thinking because about because one your adult random self. day, yeah. I just was like, this is too much. I'm just gonna scratch it. To this day, it's there. Maybe it's there to teach children that consequences. I don't know, but it's like not. But super you don't fair. get the consequences until, until years later. later. You yeah. don't care that like for two weeks that there's a little. It's, that it's, is such a specific miserable feeling. Chickenpox was awful. I had a bottle of calamine lotion and a like a cotton bud in the other hand, like a ball of cotton. And whenever I would itch, I would just like dip it in and and put it on there. Dip it in, put it on there. And I remember how awful it was looking in the mirror, seeing these huge boils with like white. Ugh. stuff on them crust stuff from the calamine lotion and i remember being like i would rather be in school than deal with this that's the, that's one of two times that you felt that the way. other time was malaria 
Which is a thing that when you told me when we started dating that you had uh, malaria, I, have, yeah. I thought, oh, oh, okay. I, to, to me, to, to most white folk, malaria is white a... White folk? I, I'm saying to... You mean American folk? Um, yeah, that is absolutely the case. That We've always heard of malaria as being like an, a very intense, like life-ending disease. Malaria is like, I don't want to... But it was, it's like fairly common. If you have the resources to deal with it. Right. Right. I mean, malaria wasn't such a rare thing in Pakistan and it wasn't considered like dangerous or anything. It was like chicken pox, measles, mumps. How do you treat malaria? Malaria. Oh, the medication you take, if I remember correctly, it might be called resogen. I should look it up. I think, but the famous thing about that medication is that it tastes really, really bitter. So even though it's just pills, you put it in your mouth, you drink it with water, but it tastes so, so awful that the taste lingers on your tongue. So on top of everything else, you got that too. That's rough. And I remember specifically malaria was bad because I had really high fevers. You're sort of like hallucinating and stuff. Mm -hmm. You're like in and out of consciousness. Like it's almost like a dream state. And you feel like you want to throw up the whole time. At least I did. That's what was bad. And I remember specifically I was playing, uh, I had a Sega Genesis. I was at home and I was playing Golden Axe. And it felt so bad that I stopped playing Golden Axe after that. And that was one of my favorite games. I just didn't play it. Like you associated it with Golden Axe and you were like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So now... I hate being sick. It's like the worst thing. Like if I look at, you you know, I'm a real baby about being sick. So baby. A total trooper. And I realized that that's the thing that I've had, like I've done the biggest 180 on. Like my, it's the only thing in my life where I've gone complete, how I feel about it is completely the opposite of how I used to feel about it. I used to love being sick and now I absolutely cannot stand it. It seems like maybe it's more of a thing of you hated what you did in your day-to-day life as a kid versus enjoying it now. No, I liked all the stuff outside of school. But it, I mean, I'm just saying like, that's that's the real sure, difference. That is the what it was. The feeling of being sick hasn't changed. But the feeling of being sick, I was fine with. Like, I don't remember, <laughs> like I said, the only two times I remember being like, this is too sick was like mumps I had. I sort of have a memory of it hurting, but that was, I was very young. I, I, I just, I feel, uh, uh, I, I didn't mind the feeling of being sick. It, it got associated with such good stuff staying at home that the feeling of having a fever, like that hot feeling mm-hmm. or when you're really cold, I associated it with good stuff. I was like, great, this is fine. This is a good feeling. That's that's like how when you drink, if you drink ginger ale when you after you throw up, after a while when you drink ginger ale, you feel like you're going to throw up. Again, conditioning. We're, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Pavlovian we're just man. talking about conditioning okay. this episode. Um yeah, I I got strep throat a lot when I was a kid, and that would be the one thing that would be quite miserable. What is that? Just like a sore throat? It's like a super sore throat, and you can't swallow, and then it's like you're just kind of miserable because you're at home and you can't like drink or like eat anything, and you're, it's just kind of an awful. When you have a really really sore throat, when you have like daggers in your throat, that's a tough. That's one. a rough feeling. Even when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, you know, when you have to like work up the courage to swallow you just like all yeah. right here we go here we time go. to like oh it's been 15 up. minutes again <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so um, nightmarish and then i also um i sucked my thumb when i was a kid for quite some time and uh i went to an amusement you got herpes okay <laughs> i went you to- got herpes okay. from sucking your thumb here we go i went to an amusement park as a very young woman uh, like a young woman, meaning child. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were actually telling this story. And I uh, definitely held on to the disgusting ride and then put that thumb right up into my mouth, which thinking about doing that now is 
Woo! Uh, and and uh, got herpes. And I think my mom said that when she came to the doctor, they were like, what's uh, been going on with this one? <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, she just sucks her thumb and she, she doesn't ever. Because, uh, uh, you know, washing your hands, you just didn't do that back in the 80s. Nobody did, right? What? <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> no, we weren't washing our hands until I think it was like the late 90s. They, they tried to get me to stop sucking my thumb. But they would... Um, and don't hate on my parents for this because they were trying anything they could. They put a, like that super spicy stuff on your thumbnail that when you put it in your mouth, it was like super spicy. And then I just really love spicy food. So that didn't work. Um, nothing really worked until I just got mad at myself and decided I'm going to have to stop doing this. And then years later, I got a labray piercing, which is the piercing in the Same middle thing. of the lip. Same thing. Taking that out was miserable. My brother used to suck his lower thumb, like just like his lower his, lip. His lower lip. Sorry, yeah. not his lower thumb. Is that, is that your dick? His toe. That's your dick. No, it's his toe. Oh, okay. He used to suck his big toe. Is that your dick? No, lower thumb is not your dick. You're just thumbing it in. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! What would the uh, no? Okay. He would suck his mustache. No, that doesn't. He would suck his suck his lower lip. Like under his like, like he would tuck his lower lip under his like top row of teeth and just suck really, really hard to the point where his lip was always huge and purple. Oh, that's awful. Always, just always hurting himself. It just was like that. It was huge and purple. And we didn't know what to do. We could not get him to stop. And ultimately they were like, they threatened him and said, they said the only way we could get him to stop is take him to a doctor, have him make an incision, uh, put... Uh, stitches over it so that sucking it really hurt and then that would they injured him well they didn't do it oh they did they threatened to do that they threatened to do that that is i mean that is tough though how do you get a kid to stop chewing on something that's in their mouth but it was like honey if you see these pictures you would not believe how bad it was it was huge and purple he also used to love like um rubbing people's uh earlobes like just like in his like is this index finger yeah and thumb just like and so, and he would do it to everybody. Like my friends, my dad's friend would come and then would just go sit next to him and start playing with his ear. It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. I had one uncle. I have one uncle who's great. He's lovely. And I still talk to him all the time who loved it when Zen did it. So when he came, Zen was really excited because he would be like, come. And he would just like play with his ear. And when no one was around, he would play with his own ear. So it's just like a little guy. He didn't talk for a long time. So just like a little guy who doesn't talk, huge purple lips sucking on it while like just playing with his own ear. He was a mess. Also, all he ate for years was he would only things he would eat were French fries and toast with butter and sugar and how he would do that is you give him toast a lump of butter you don't put the butter on there and then like a pile of sugar and he would rip off the toast rub butter on it with his like the piece on the piece of toast dip it in the sugar and eat it that is all he ate i still think to this day he has not tried mangoes (laughs) which is a sin because mangoes uh, are oh, some of the best things on the planet. The uh, your brother's like a Wes Anderson. Your brother as a child is like a Wes Anderson character. Yes, as a grown up, perfectly normal human being. Yes, yeah. Um, should we take a break real quick? Should we? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll we be will right be back. right back. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. 
I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And we are back. Welcome back. I'm going to read you a couple more emails I got. What's this? What's what? This thing. Oh. Oh, that's a... (laughs) I came up with a prank. (laughs) You came up with a prank? (laughs) Yeah, because we're not dealing with enough. <laughs> and now I know the only person you can prank in the world. I'm not going to do this. I'm me. not going to do this to you. And I, I, it's more just, I was, I don't know who, I was talking to someone in my family and they brought up this thing that I used to do that I had blacked out uh, of my memory because it's highly embarrassing. I used to take our family's remote controls that we had. And back then they didn't have uni- universal remotes that you could just like buy no. or replace. I would take the remote controls and I would take a razor blade and I would cut the every single button on the, the remote control so that the buttons were flush with the remote control itself and, and therefore could not be pushed and didn't say what they did on them it yeah, wasn't that's printed right. on the buttons <laughs> that's right i didn't even think about that part why did you do that what? that's so evil but i didn't do it to be evil i had an even more embarrassing uh uh motivation which was that i liked to chew on the buttons oh my god <laughs> The idea would be if you could scoop the button entirely out of its thing, that would be the idea. Oh, but you, it, but that's tough. Bar, barring that, just like barring get that, the tips. Take a straight razor blade, a full-on razor blade, definitely cut my fingers to shreds while I was doing this, and just make it so that it's a flush, flattened item, no raised buttons, and then just watch your dad try to change the chip. And while you're sitting there chewing on the fast-forward button, what is... Again, another example of me just putting things in my mouth that shouldn't be in my mouth at that time. <laughs> like, what Jeez. are we... It's a thing everybody's touched. Let's have it go into Emily's mouth. Uh, yeah, and I'm I, I'm old enough to use a razor blade uh, at this point. So it's like, I'm like 11 or 12. It's not a good... It's not good. I'm too old to be well, doing this. I don't think now you can cut... Those buttons are not the same kind of rubber now. That's true. They're much harder now. Yeah. Probably because kids like me. I'm sure people wrote in and were like... Yeah, oh, yeah, I think it was a big problem, people cutting off the tips of buttons to chew on them with razor blades. Years later, it occurred to me that if I had taken the... A remote control apart, like apart fully, which I did enjoy doing that kind of stuff back then. It probably was one full piece of rubber. That oh, just, in the back. Yes. It wasn't individual buttons. Yes. It was just like a bed. Which I think would have been less fun for me to chew on. I, I wanted you the want small little pieces. things. I want it, of and it's course. not like I was swallowing them. I would yeah. chew on them and then. Pfft. You want to chew on like the peas in the pod, not the whole pod. What an evil thing to do. I just, I do remember my dad like trying to change the channel and being like, oh my God, what's wrong um, with my so child? So is this, are we doing like a, a, a letters episode? Uh, we are going to, we are going to read a few uh, of those, but I, I got a couple more emails, uh, fun emails, pandemic emails. Yeah, you let's know, when do companies it. Are so these are emails that corporations are sending out to that you, to- they usually send out to be like 40% off, but now they're like doing pande- the pandemic-y ones. They got it. The, my favorite one was one that said, the subject was, please. From Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold emailed you. I think that was, I think it was via like GoFundMe. I think it, he was emailing on behalf of some organization. Please. But it just was like, please, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, well, yes, sir. What What? what do you need? Um, no pants, no plans, no problem. That's Everlane. No pants, no, no plans, plans, no problem. No problem. My, um, <laughs> <laughs> this one's the saddest one. Optimistic dresses made for you. That's Banana Republic. Banana Republic. Opti- what is an optimistic dress? Well, you have to click on the link to find out. It's floral, guys. It's always floral. Optimistic <laughs> dresses made for you. How <laughs> devastating is that? It's like all we got to. We got fixed stuff. All we got is dresses. So, By the you way, know, when you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. 
<laughs> when all you make is dresses, you're like, uh, this is... Maybe this will help. And yeah. dressing in a way that makes you feel beautiful does help. But, but what is an optimistic dress? I, I don't know. You could, you could again, say Camille, festive. floral. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to be floral. Um, and then my favorite one, which I got yesterday, was from a company called Wolf & Badger, which is a great company. What do they do? Um, it's a clothing company, but they, uh, they contract out with uh, smaller labels that are mostly uh, female-run and they're independent. And it's kind of great. Um, and it's new arrivals, mental health awareness. <laughs> they just got mental health awareness? <laughs> That's their new arrival. That's one of the new products? You can buy it. It comes great. with every order. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, and then should we talk about, before we get to the letters, some of the things that we have consumed? Yeah. So what we were really excited about this week was you're the biggest Prince fan in the world. Well, I mean, there are definitely bigger Prince fans, but, but I you, do love Prince more than anything. Prince and mm-hmm. The Cure, would I would say, are your top two bands. And there is? Musics. No. The, no and know. music is your favorite thing. out no. of uh, From movies, video games, whatever. I think music is your number one. I suppose one. that's true. Um, so, yes, they... For whatever reason, a concert from 1985, right? Was it 85 or 87? Somewhere on there. Uh, a concert from... Uh, the Purple uh, Rain tour. Yeah, essentially from Prince and the Revolution. There was a tour, a, a, a concert uh, that I think it was in Colorado that was put on YouTube for three days only. Now, when you're listening to this, it's already gone. Unless they decided to keep it up, which they really should because... And it was... Mind blowing. You cried during that. I also, I just caught myself like sitting very close to the TV, oh, smiling and clapping. I remember looking <laughs> over and your mouth was wide open, huge smile on your face, and you're just like stunned and awe. It's just Prince at the top of his game, like absolutely could not be sexier, could not be more like. And I, it also struck me, I got, I, I saw Bruno Mars. My mother really loves Bruno Mars. So, um, the, I I took the whole family to see Bruno Mars because uh, it's something my mom's always wanted to do. P.S. bought her a T-shirt from the concert. She put it in a frame. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's wearing the poster, though, so that's good. Yeah, she's wearing the poster. Um, And so we went to see Bruno Mars, and it was a really great show, and he has, like, all this, like, digital stuff and stuff coming flying in and out. This Prince concert from the 80s rivaled that show a- as far as, like, technical wizardry, all that stuff. And it is from the 80s. It is from a time at one point God is talking to Prince. That's right, which is just a lit up curtain, but it looks amazing. It looks amazing. And he did all of this. There's one point where all these spotlights are coming down and there's smoke that kind of Without fills them in. There's no computers. There's no digital anything. I think we get so used to concerts having digital yeah, backgrounds. Yeah, it's just sweating dudes under the, uh, under the stage. people doing work and smoke and like mirrors, literal smoke and mirrors. It we was got, actually smoke and mirrors. <laughs> at one point they do use a, a mirror effect. At one point, they they use a lot of smoke throughout, and he is on fire. It's so good. Uh, All I, the hits. He plays endlessly. Wendy and Lisa are there. Dr. Does, Fink is there. He did, oh, Dr. Fink is there. <laughs> He's a guy, not a cool-looking guy. Not at all. Dressed as a doctor. Keyboardist in the Always. Band. Always dressed in scrubs. And his name Has is... Has a mask around his neck. How yeah. passionate is that? His name is Dr. Fink. <laughs> I knew his name was Dr. Something, and I couldn't remember... Uh, Dr. Fink. Um, um, that was a transcendent experience. I definitely cried during that, but that was not a weird thing. And he does that thing where he started singing Doves Cry, and he's like, when we saw him. We got to see Prince. We got to see Prince at the forum uh, a, within a year before he passed away. And the first 20 minutes of it, he came out and uh, he was just like standing around, not even dancing. And, and it would, was the most compelling thing. Yeah, he would walk seen. up to the mic and just shake his head and walk away. People went insane. And then, like an hour in, 
Purple Rain starts playing and he walks up Everybody to the mic. Goes shit. Yeah, people go nuts and he goes to the mic. He's like, no, y'all not ready. Yelling and then ready. stops playing it. <laughs> Didn't play Purple Rain. We weren't ready. Until we later. Were you were not, not ready. ready. He plays a beautiful version of Purple Rain yeah. on this. And uh, I didn't one cry point, during it. It's the first time since he's passed away that I have not cried during Purple Rain. Oh, really? Yeah. But you cried at other times. I think. Oh, I, oh, yeah. He he turned and showed his butt to the crowd in his pants. And he was like, does your man have an ass like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's How do you deal with how, that? How, and, and reminded me a lot. He reminds me a lot of Michael Jordan and that he expected the absolute best from anyone he was associated with. Right. And if you could not bring your absolute best, just get out of the way and someone else will come show up and try. Well, it's interesting that, um, watching him and then we saw the Michael Jordan thing because in the Michael Jordan in the second to last of the last episode they talk about how Michael's greatest gift was that he was always completely in the moment he wasn't yeah. thinking about the shot he just missed or what he was going to be Our doing expectations he wasn't thinking about yeah. any of that yeah yeah he was just truly in the moment in the present at one point he says like why would I be thinking about missing a shot that I haven't even taken yet which what is a, like what a mind-blowing thing to exactly. say exactly meanwhile yeah. I'm upset because I've had one bite of the omelet and it's going to be <laughs> Gonna be gone in like 15 minutes um and and watching prince before that i had the thought watching him i was like oh that guy is completely in the moment yeah. and completely confident and he's like hitting all these choreographed beats but in a way that it feels it just felt uh obviously it, it didn't feel rehearsed at all none of it it, it all felt completely magical. spontaneous and at one point he goes up while they're playing like uh someone's playing a solo and he goes up and literally there's like a blanket and pillow and he pretends to like be taking Fall a nap but not that he's bored by them but just no. that he's like i'm gonna take a break while they do this every single bit of it was so perfectly done but you never felt like you, you it felt like it was the first time he'd ever done it in the best way right and i remember having that i saw corn open for white zombie maybe it was rob zombie Either way, it was a zombie, one of the zombies. Um, and I was a young woman. I was like 16, 17. And I remember watching the lead singer of Korn writhing on the ground, kind of in misery while he was singing and going, oh, you do this every night. <laughs> like, this isn't, you're not going through, you're not experiencing heartbreak and pain right now. You're putting on a show for us. Well, maybe he is experiencing it, though. I, you it can't do both. that every night. You, the way that he was, and I, I just had this, like, I, that was my first experience of like the pullback of like, oh, this is like part of smoke and thing. mirrors. Yeah. This is like, you're not just doing this because you're feeling it in this moment tonight. This is a full show you put on. And I love a concert where people put on a show. I believe it was that show that, uh, I think it was Rob Zombie because he had girls dancing in cages. There were robots, like large robots fighting each other on stage. I love a stage, but that was my first time being like, oh, you're having to manufacture emotions every night right. because we want that from you. Right. And that's also an intense, I'm not even that big of a corn fan, but it just like struck me. Well, but that's what like plays and stuff are. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. They're that's not a very like good point. pretending, they're actually going there. Uh, what a great Prince show. I do hope it's still available. I probably should have checked it's on not. that. It's not. I'm <sighs> sure it's not. They said three days. There was no way they were going to extend it. Why wouldn't they? It's anyway, so good. And what an Prince event. And what a great life. thing to have. I like that people are releasing these things that kind of make us help us timestamp when we're in this place where we feel kind of lost in time a little bit. Uh -huh. Like there were three days that we had Prince. <laughs> right. We had right. Prince for three days. It's like it's, it feels like, yeah, you're right. It's a structure. Um, I also watched Sense and Sensibility for the first time. I'd never seen. This is the one with Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is in it. Uh, I've never seen it. Emma what? Not mm -mm. Emma mm -mm. Thompson. Thompson is in it. Kate Winslet is in it. Kate Winslet 
the queen of movies where she gets spun around by men and laughs. That's <laughs> all she ever does. I love Kate Winslet. I think she's a tremendous actress, but there was a she period. She is amazing. There was a period in the 90s where that was kind of her thing because she's like spunky. She's always spunky in movies. Yeah. And like she's supposed to be Guys buttoned up. Guys are always twirling her around, <laughs> like holding her by the hand and spinning around. <laughs> and she's, and you get a shot of her like laughing and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone's like, she's wild. Um, I will say, and I talked to my friend Annie about this, but I don't get it. I don't fully get it. What I, do you mean? I just didn't get I didn't, it's just not for me. This whole like that that whole genre is not for you. So I was like, surprised that you watched it. I was a little surprised at myself of like romance, but like oh we can't because I made a promise to a woman when I was twelve, so I right. have to marry her. Instead. Also, you said that always whenever people go in the rain, they get sick for two weeks in these movies. <laughs> like were you like was rain different back then? <laughs> it's always like oh she was out in the rain, so you know she's in a coma that now. That is true. Kate Winslet goes out in the rain and is comatose for weeks after that she's in the rain for maybe an hour alan rickman is tremendous in that movie you really I, that's the one character i felt a lot of everything for was alan rickman's character right everybody else i was like come on guys just talk to each other right. it's gonna be okay figure it out <laughs> figure this shit out um yeah I, I didn't that's another movie i watched what what else did we see we watched a movie together this is one of my favorite movies that um i've seen i would say you know i hadn't seen it in a long time and i hadn't didn't realize when i started watching it i was like oh i must have seen this movie a lot of times because i do remember most of it uh it's a movie called wings of desire vim vendors it's black and white but it's from the 80s it's vim vendors it's, it's not a, all black and white no but it is mostly a black and white movie no spoilers no um it is it's mostly black and white and it's basically um it's a movie, it, they remade it into a rom-com starring Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage. And I don't want the world to see me. Yes. What a great Google Doll song. It is. Iris? A, Why is it called Iris? I don't know. Have we discussed this? I don't know. Is that, it's not, that's not I Won't Tell No One Your Name? Um, no, no, that's called Name. Okay. <laughs> and that's a different song. Uh, City of Angels was the name of the yeah. movie. Basically, the premise of the movie is there are these angels, this is going back to Wings of Desire, who basically observe humanity without uh, participating in life and, and sort of read everyone's thoughts and kind of walk around and inspire people if they need to or whatever it is. What did you think of this movie, Emily? I really loved it. And I love it um, partially when, when I show you movies, it's things like Hairspray by John Waters. And when you show me movies, they are very, very moody uh, and beautiful films. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so I was, I, it, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. It is, uh, it is a moody film. It's a very pensive film. It's very, uh, it's intense. And it's, and it's set in the 80s in Berlin in the 80s in a way that kind of feels like it's out of space and time. And then right. at some point, I am i don't think it's a spoiler, you'll see Nick Cave in this movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Nick Cave is in it. Nick Cave, the human being, is in this movie yeah. as Nick Cave. And I, uh, I kind of loved that. I love a movie. It The scene that Nick Cave is in, there, that's a nightclub scene that I wish I could live in. At the entire time the nightclub was being in, in this movie, I was like, oh, I just want to be there. I just yeah. want to be in that nightclub. It looks so cool. It's a very cool, moody, emotional movie. It's very emotional, yeah. but not not like melodramatic. No. It's, I find it, even though you said it, it is, it's pensive, but 
It's also like thrilling to watch. Like when I started watching it, it's so rare that a movie like that, the opening of that movie, the first 20 minutes establishes what the movie is, what the tone is, what the rules are, what you're in for, what it's about so, so well. It says so much with by saying so little in a way without really explaining it. It just sort of shows you what the movie is. And that opening, it's just so, it's like, dazzling there's just so much coming at you i mean that's what's kind of great about this movie is that because they go around listening to people's thoughts and just, that's basically what you're seeing for the first few minutes of the movie yeah, yeah. it's it's you're, you're you're catching like little glimpses of people's lives just where people are some are happy some are sad some are scared all that stuff it's a movie that really makes me want to like experience stuff which i know it's a weird time to watch something like that but that's a movie that sort of leaves me exhilarated and feeling more, it's going to sound gross, but it truly does make me feel more alive, especially now at a time where... Now can, more than ever? It's You could feel like um, on autopilot a little bit, where mm-hmm. it feels like things are kind of the same. This movie sort of reminds you just how much, how much, how much the world has to offer. When there's so many, that's what I love. I, I love... I love people. I'm a big, I love to observe people. I love to kind of catch the small things that they're doing. I love to people watch. It's one of my favorite things. It's what was so great about living in New York. Right. You definitely get to people watch more than you do. You're just like, why are these, you're always like, hey, why are these two people together? (laughs) How do they know each other? I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it gets you out of, if you feel like your, your world is overwhelming to you, it's a really great sense of perspective. This movie does that as well to kind of just look around and be like every single one of these people is in their own little drama, is in their own little comedy, is in their own little romance. It's it's having their own little weird shit going on. Right. And you're just one of them. And I, it, that's always been somewhat right. freeing to me and kind of beautiful to me. Not that I'm not important, but that I'm just as important as all of these people. And we're all just trying to get through our little movies to like <laughs> right. without, we're all just trying to get through our little movies. And I kind of, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it makes you more emotionally intelligent to watch other people and really get a sense of, of even if you're just guessing, like, why did she turn away from him just now? Right. Like, why is he not looking at her while he's eating? What's going on with them? And you may not, you, you may be right, you may be wrong, but I love watching people because there's infinite ways that we can fuck up and infinite ways that we can be kind to each other. Right. And it's such a beautiful thing to kind of behold. And this movie really did show that it kind of exemplified that i think anytime you're dealing with like seeing people's thoughts like hearing people's thoughts in a in a i love that because that as a writer that's such a thing that we we you and i always talk about when we're writing like what is this person saying to the other person but then what are they actually thinking right like those things don't always match up right yeah right um I think that the REM video, Everybody Hurts, is definitely inspired by this 100%. movie. One one thing you said about watching people is, um, <clears throat> this is also going to sound gross, but I do this where I'll just look at someone, not to be a creeper staring, but be like, you know how you look at people, whoever you look at, you sort of make a judgment immediately Absolutely. without thinking about it. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, this person's nice. This person's an asshole. This person's a stressy person or this person's whatever, whatever you do. And you're, might be right or you might be wrong but you sort of like decide put them in some sort of box and so i look at people and then i'm like okay so i think this person is this why what is it about them how are they moving for like for acting stuff Mm -hmm. just like what is it about the way they're in the world is making me feel 
they're this kind of person. I think that really, I, I that's I was reading a thing about emotional intelligence and how empathy is part of it, like all the different aspects of emotional intelligence. It was a thing about the pandemic and how some people are awful. Uh, but I do think that's a that is a great thing to kind of study other people and and try and guess at. Not that you're correct. Never assume that you're correct, but try and guess at if you have a snap judgment on someone. What is that based on? Right. And if it's based on like, oh, she's prettier than me, then also maybe take a look in the mirror okay. <laughs> because that's a weird thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was an amazing movie. Also, um, we watched Doctor Sleep. We watched Doctor Sleep, yeah. which um, is a sequel to The Shining. And somehow, so the movie The Shining and the book The Shining are very different. And yes. this movie somehow tries to bridge that gap. Combines both. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, uh, it was one of those movies that in the beginning, you know. I was like, it's a very long movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is way too serious. But a little bit into it, I got like really hooked in. And I really, really enjoyed watching this pretty, pretty long movie. Like I sort of felt like I was living in it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no spoilers because there's some stuff, big stuff happens. There is some big stuff. Yeah. We should, I, I'd say watch it. It's a, if you, it's not. It's got some really great visuals. Really great visuals, great performances. It's, if you like scary movies, it, there are parts of it that are they are quite scary if you're not super into horror movies. But and, and I would say watch it only if you're into The Shining. If you don't love or haven't watched The, the Shining, Shining yeah. I I I think you should watch that first. But they're both very you. scary movies. Yeah. Um yeah, well done. Also, our good friend Mike Rosenstein who uh helped us create and produced our television show it was for his Central, idea to make the show fully his idea we had a live show that we did for years uh in la called the meltdown with joan and camille and mike rosenstein i remember would like show up at the show and he was like i think this should be a tv show and we were like whatever and then he was right uh and it, he produced our we show did three seasons went from never having worked on a thing to being like working with him on it what a great guy he has been working on a movie for years since we've known since, since before we've known, we've known, him. known yeah him. that just came out on netflix as well and it's called have a nice trip and it's about famous people recounting their drug experiences like like specifically with lsd with psychedelics and mushrooms yeah yeah um it's super fun there's all kinds of there's like after school special scenes there's like animated stuff there's like trippy reenactments it it kind of embraces a lot of different uh mediums media media to media. tell a story and it's it's just like a lovely it's a really lovely a lovely movie and it's um it's it's got some people who have since passed yeah. carrie fisher's in it and fred willard who just recently passed Such anthony bourdain is in it anthony bourdain is in it so it's interesting to watch because he's been making it for so long some people look significantly younger. Yeah. Reggie and Watts looks different because he's different. lost a lot of weight yeah. since then. And, and certain people look, um, just have passed on since then. So, so if you're a comedy fan or if you're a drug fan, <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. I it's super fun. Uh, we had a really great time watching it. It was supposed to premiere at South by this year and would have been so fun to watch with a crowd. It would have been such a hoot yeah. to watch with a crowd, but then some fucking bullshit had to happen. Okay. Should we uh take, sh should we take a real quick break? We'll take a quick break, come back for letters. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. 
We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. Okay, welcome back to Staying In with Emily and Kamel, and now we're going to do a few letters from you guys. Let's okay, do it. This first one's from Sarah F., and it's specifically to you. To Kamel? That's you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have a 15-year-old son who seems like he is a lot like you when you were a teen. Uh, He has a lot of rules for himself. He works really hard in school, and he prefers to be indoors. His favorite (laughs) extracurricular activity is playing video games with his friends online. While I recognize that playing video games with friends is the only way he can safely socialize with friends, I am worried that he's turning into a vampire. When he's not in his room studying, he's in the basement on the Xbox or on his phone with his AirPods in. He's really missing school and seeing his friends and teachers, and he is low-level depressed at this point. Is there anything I can do to help him get outside and get some fresh air? Is there anything your parents could have slash would have said to get you out when you were a teenager that would have encouraged you to be outside? Or should I just let it ride and know that he's different than me and staying inside all the time is okay? I mean, you turned out great. Um, And that's from her. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Uh, he sounds a lot like me. Yes, he does. That's how it was. It's hard for me to get advice on this because I didn't actually end up going outside very much. It, there, there was not a time where I was like, all right, now I'm done with this. Uh, I'll go outside. I didn't do that. Did you ever think you were depressed? Because I would say all of those actions that made up what your childhood was do sound from the outside like a kid who is depressed and needs some outside help <laughs> i didn't i wasn't depressed okay i didn't feel outside of school i i just was i just was a little bummed out about who i thought i was <laughs> okay <laughs> just a little bit i just didn't really just like myself other than myself. that it was fine <laughs> no uh, i i really loved watching movies and playing video games um and that's what i liked i remember uh, there were these kids on our street who would play cricket, right? And they were like people of all ages. Like there would be older people, younger people. It was like 15 people would play cricket in the street. If you ever go to Karachi and you drive around, you're going to see people playing cricket on the streets all the time. That's awesome. I was okay. I was never great, but I was okay. And I loved cricket. I wanted to be really good. And my mom was like, go play cricket with them. Go play cricket with them. So I went out and I am... I was so shy. I still now, just now, just thinking about walking up to be like, hey guys, can I join? Was so. It I just mean, that's a back. high stakes outside, by it, the way. It 
There's lots of ways to be outside, outside. Yeah. that's not like, can I join your sporting match? Right. But I went outside and I was like, hey, guys, can I join? And they were like, very nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, of course, join. But they were way better than me. Or at least they knew each other. And I was really, really nervous. So I wasn't as good as I could have been, right? And they were like, what do you play, batting or bowling? And I was like, both. But I was a better batsman, right? But I remember one time they like, two things I remember. One, I was playing okay and I got, so boring. You have to know cricket to do it. What happens in cricket is is you play until your, the batter plays until he's out. So like, like here you get three strikes and then you're out it's, and, or you hit and then you don't bat. It's not like that. If you're getting hit, you stay and you keep hitting until you get caught or you're out, right? So I remember I got a chance to bowl or pitch and you get like, basically you get like six pitches. You can pitch six times. This guy who was the best player there hit the ball every single time so far away that it took a few minutes for people to wait for traffic to go by so they could like cross multiple streets that had gone over because this was like by the side of like a main road. Uh So two main roads. He hit me for six sixes in six balls. That's the equivalent of I pitched someone six times and each time is a home run. Each time is a home run. Is that a wicked googly? Emily, please. Okay, sorry. Be serious. <laughs> and I remember specifically each time he hit it, I would have to wait for somebody to go get the ball, come back, and they would bring it to me because we only had one ball. And I would do it and they would hit it again. And this... That was the only time you went outside? <laughs> yeah, so maybe your kid should stay inside. No, I, that was the last time I played with them. I played with them a few times, but that was the last time. It's like that's it, too high stakes. The ordeal lasted about fifteen minutes of just me waiting, and nobody was saying anything. Nobody was talking. Nobody was like, "Hey, you'll be okay," or like even making fun of me. Which maybe just would have been better. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I never really went outside. What? what, what I. I the phone thing is hard, right? I think the phone thing is hard. That's a new thing. And I do think if you're like absorbed in your phone absolutely completely, I think that that can be bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly happens to me and I'm and I'm not 15 years old. Not anymore. Um, no, not anymore. What, 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 what do you say? What do you think? I, I think there's a difference between... I, he does have a social connection, which is good. He's got friends that he talks to online. That's huge. Also being aware that right now we're we're in the weird. So like a little bit all bets are off. A little bit. Yeah. But I do think maybe... Um, I was similar. It's not like I love sports and loved being outside. Uh, I liked nature. So I, I felt okay being in nature. And I had friends that I could hang out with. And back then... You could only see your friends if you saw your friends. <laughs> like you couldn't right. like hang out with them online. So I think um I think as long as I think all kids are a little depressed right now. I mean, I think as as we would often say in mental health uh in the mental health field, you either like when someone dies close to you and someone's like, "Well, I'm depressed because someone close to me died." Depression. That's okay. Yeah, it's that's the normal response to having something kind of bonkers happen. Being a little down right now is a normal response to how things right. happen. I think what's what gets weird is when we get used to, and we were talking about this earlier, when 
you you just don't want your kid to get used to that being his life. Right. Because then it gets harder and harder to go out and ask the kids to play cricket with you. It gets harder and harder to make that move of going outside and like doing something else. Right. Because it gets normalized. It gets normalized that this is what your life is. And I think changing, just having a bit of variety in your life is kind of the key right now because right now all of us are kind of doing the same shit over and over because it's all we have. The other thing I'm seeing that he's not doing, maybe this is not good advice, is if he's only playing video games, I do think that is bad. Like I remember when I was a kid and playing a lot of video games, I could feel that that was bad for me, but I felt like I was stuck. Maybe he should, you know, I want... I really got into watching movies. Like maybe that's... <laughs> or reading. Your solution. <laughs> no, but I think this is the difference. Okay. I think movies, TV shows, books allow you to get outside of yourself. Whereas video sure. games don't do that. Video games, some video games can, like those RPG, the longer like story, slow ones. Right. Like I think Final Fantasy could. But if he's playing just Call of Duty over and over, that only gets you more within yourself. You just yeah. sort of get stuck and spinning. Like I get that when I'm sort of so I today's like a uh, video game night and it's gonna be me and like, you know, five of my friends, and that's super fun because we're talking and laughing and stuff, and that's 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 very, very social. But sometimes if I'm not doing that, if I'm playing a different kind of game with just people online. That's when I feel like I'm just spinning in place. I'm doing the same stuck. thing. I, yeah. I, I feel like really stuck in myself. When I'm, when I'm done, I'm more stressed out than I was. I have more anxiety. That's true. It's not to, like a, a, a vent. Yes. Yeah. To me, when I was a kid, even though this is bad, again, I'm not, maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask this because I did watch a lot of movies. I got a lot out of watching movies. Okay. I watched a movie every day. I got a lot out of it. I felt like it made it expanded my point of view. I felt like it helped my imagination. It made me consider things I would not have considered. It made me realize the world is bigger and more exciting and more fun and than 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 I was seeing. It gave me hope. Watching movies, TV shows, reading books gave me hope um, in a way that video games right now. Je ne don't necessarily do and it feels like if he's just on his phone and playing video games all the time he's sort of stuck spinning um in sort of a pattern yeah. and you just want to break out of the pattern you just pattern, need a little bit of variety i would say like right. uh kids need education they need social they need a, a social life of some sort whatever they choose they need exercise everybody Literally everybody needs exercise. Everybody. Uh, they need mind expansion, whatever that means for them. They need love. And they need downtime to not do shit because they're teenagers. And yeah. just know that that's going to all be modified right now. Uh, it is hard, though. It is yeah. hard to tell a 15-year-old, like, hey, don't play video games all the time. Absolutely. Especially right now. I, I, I understand that. When I was real self-hating, my dad would be like, Let's, can we take a walk? And what was so great about those walks was we did not talk. <laughs> If so, if my dad had tried to have like a deep talk so, with me, so how are you feeling? Exactly, I would have been not. Shut up, dad. <laughs> uh, I would have not been into it. But as it were, and if we needed to talk, we would. But I like the idea of like, oh, I can do this, and there's no pressure to like right. have some deep conversation. Um, from Catherine N. Uh, after I graduated from UNC, I moved to Winston Salem to teach, start my teaching career. This is where I met my husband, whose family has been there for generations. Is the punk club you've mentioned a few times present day Crankies? That is where we met on our first. Date. I've been to Crankies. It's not uh, Crankies is where the warehouse used to be. Now the warehouse was awesome, but I used to go to a punk club called Pablo's. That is now. <laughs> this is the most country thing I'll say. It's where sweet potatoes used to be. 
<laughs> that was like a diner? Uh, Sweet Potatoes has just moved around the corner. It's a soul food restaurant. It's tremendous. Okay. And it was at Fifth and Trade. And that's where Pablo's was. Uh, and uh, that's the punk club I used to go to. But Warehouse opened up when I got a little bit older. And then now it's Cranky's, which is an amazing coffee shop. Wait, haven't I been to Warehouse? Uh, you've been to Cranky's. You haven't been to Warehouse. Cranky's is the coffee shop. Yeah, it's, it's also, I've seen bands there. So it's like both. And what's right. cool about seeing a band there is like there's this massive metal like literal metal coffee grinding machine and and you're just like oh, i guess i'll stand in front of it like you can't it's kind of black i think i saw a trans am there anyway uh she says your ambrosia discussion made me remember a dish i was presented with when invited to the home of a former student's grandmother who whipped up a traditional sunday dinner spread including a casserole that had both pineapple and cheddar cheese by the it. way there are people who are anti-pineapple on pizza they are gonna have a field day oh, with this absolutely i do not know what else was in there because i did not try it i'm pretty much on board with ambrosia salad sausage balls <laughs> cheese balls and other southern delicacies but i guess pineapple and cheese is where i draw the line i don't think anything with the word ball could be called a delicacy <laughs> <laughs> um I looked it up because I remember this i remember this being at like a neighborhood christmas party and I remember that the cheddar cheese was not at all melted. So it was it Ugh. was shredded tre- cheddar cheese, but it was all solid. So it was just like, mmm, shreds. Uh, and here are the ingredients that I found. And this is what I remember it being. I don't remember, that didn't have a name. I think it was called pineapple casserole, which is woof. Two 20-ounce cans of pineapple chunks in juice, drained. One and one-third cup sugar. That's so much sugar. That's so much sugar. Five tablespoons of flour. Wait, wait, wait. What is happening? Wait, what? are you cooking this? Uh, I do not think that you do. I you think you just, just eat flour? You Hold put on. One cup shredded cheddar cheese. One fourth cup butter melted. Good. Thank God. And one sleeve of Ritz crackers crushed. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Uh, and I didn't this uh, is, wait, include wait, wait, the wait. cooking instructions, but... So you, you put it all in a pan? I have not made this, so I can't speak to it. But, but, but yeah, yes, you just kind of mix it up What together. is a casserole? They go in the oven. That's a great question. You're what, just putting what is flour on cheese. It's a, it's a mixture. Aren't the pineapple chunks sweet enough for you that you need a <laughs> cup and a... A cup of sugar. Over a cup of sugar. <laughs> a cup of sugar. <laughs> Imagine how big a cup is. Fill that up with sugar... Pour it on top of a pineapple. <laughs> oh, not enough. Put some cheese on there. Don't forget the butter. And hey, you know the problem with these dishes? There's not enough just raw flour on there. Well, also we Pour need some, some flour on We need on some there. crackers, but I can't handle them in their full form. Can just you crush, crush them up. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a... Di- and I, I don't remember... I remember looking at it. I don't remember if I tried it. I don't think that I did. But I remember being like, oh, that is a dish. And it's pale. It's a ghostly item. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Everything here is kind of the same color. White. It's like a it's a white yellow it's item. It's like a tan to yellow. Everything it looks lives like in a that sneeze. space. <laughs> it, it looks like a sneeze. Um, so that is that dish. Uh, thank you for writing in, Catherine. Um, from Umer. Umer, Umer yeah. Umer. Since you were talking about how salads should be green and that tuna and chicken salads aren't salads, I wanted to provide some context. When I moved to the U.S. from Pakistan in the house, whoo, I also thought the same thing about American salads. But as it turns out, the word and concept of salads has nothing to do with greens and everything to do with salt. Salad comes from the Latin word for salt, sal. That's also where the words salsa, salami, sauce, salary, what, and sausage also have in common. Unfortunately, salam has nothing to do with salt. Ha ha. ha, ha. 
I thought the etymology, 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 I constantly am doing that, is really cool and it helps explain why we classify salads today is actually from a narrow category and that both the concept of salad and the word salad have gone in different directions. I mean, this is very interesting. However, I don't put, who puts salt on salad? Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, get some, uh, 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 can I get a salt, uh, 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 just put some salt on my salad? <laughs> hey, um, there's a problem, this uh, salad doesn't have enough salt on it. I just it. think it's interesting how foods change over time and how the definitions of what foods are change over time. That's kind of fascinating to me. Thanks for the, thanks for that. I love that. I think that's interesting. Maybe add means don't put it in this. Huh? Oh, God, that's, wow. Woof. I am shocked that you got that. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. From Rebecca H. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. I live with my husband and two teenage girls in San Francisco. Like you, we've been sheltering in place for going on 5 million years. Several weeks ago now, you mentioned Rank Your Cousins as a fun quarantine game. And that inspired our dinner conversation last night, Rank the Berries. We have, a, we have strong opinions, and it was very therapeutic to yell at each other in a fun way. The cranberry is disgusting, or so now you hate Thanksgiving now? I'm on the side of cranberry is disgusting. They attached a photo of the result, which okay. is adorable. Um, and so why don't you rank the berries, and then we'll compare it to what Rebecca H. and her family did. So are these just the berries, or like when they get put into fun stuff? You have to make that decision for yourself. I can't hold your hand I through everything. I would say if, if it includes like cake and pies and stuff, I do think strawberry has to be high up there. Okay. If I'm just eating it on its own, I think I think strawberry has a nasty hit rate. Like, it, it, strawberry, like, I feel like... T- you one, have to take all of this into one account. out of five strawberries is good. You have to do all this math in your head and just give me numbers. Now blueberries. Yep, I like them just raw as blueberries, not as much in desserts. Um, raspberries. I just need numbers. Camille. Why aren't people talking about the hairy, hair, hairy part of the raspberries? <laughs> I didn't. Why are they hairy? Why and why is nobody they're, talking they're about that? Hairy balls in a group. They. There are clusters of hairy balls. It's weird. Little tiny balls. Look, strawberry jam is great. Raspberry jam is great. Come out. Um, but what's the little like fuzz on it? <laughs> it's weird. I didn't grow up with raspberries. I would see pictures of them. I would have like raspberry flavored stuff. I was like, this is great. Took me a long time to realize strawberry and raspberry are different because we didn't have either of them. And I just like like the way strawberries look. They look so good. They look inviting. I feel like every fifth strawberry is good. I hear you. Okay. Number one berry. And w- name some other berries. Um, okay, I'll do random. Uh, I don't know, like lingon and boysen and stuff. Well, okay, just do the ones you know then. How about that? Do the berry, rank the berries you know. I would say just as a fruit to eat, uh, my favorite might be blueberry. Okay. And if we're talking about including everything else, then strawberry is pretty good. Um, That's one and, and then, two. And then raspberry, they're also gritty. There's like little stones in them. Well, it's hard um, to wash them. They're just I would say for flavor, strawberry, then raspberry. Wait. After blueberry. If you're talking about in dessert, sorry, Girl, as a flavor. No. You okay. just have to rank them. You don't get to have qualifiers. Go. All right. I'll do blueberry first. Okay. Overall, because it stands on its own. Two. Two, I'll do a strawberry. Three. There's got to be something above raspberries. Got to be. Name a berry. I mean, there's black. There's crayon. No. There's goji. Crayon is there's at the huckle, bottom. There's poison. Oh, I don't know any of those. Okay. So... So I'll say blueberry number one, strawberry number two. I'll give raspberry number three, I guess, but I'm not happy it's kind about of you. it. It's All right, kind tell, of you. tell us the rankings that they have. They they had nine berries. Uh, number nine, boysenberry. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Number eight, 
Huckleberry. Wow. I just know Val Kilmer going, I'm a Huckleberry in Tombstone. What a great movie. Number seven, Goji Berry. I thought those are very sour, right? Super sour. Very They're good sour. in like cooked in food, but not on their own. Number six, Castberry. I don't know what that is. Mm. Number five, Cranberry. I'm a huge Cranberry fan personally. Have you had actual Cranberries? I make them. Yeah, I get them. They're only available around Thanksgiving, which is very upsetting to me. I usually freeze them so I can hold, have them for later. No, but I just mean just the cranberry. Oh, yeah. I trained myself to eat them. Was I making a horrible face the whole time and very upset? Yes. Very sour. Very sour. Okay. Um, but you can what you can do is put them in a little bit of uh, water, low boil, and add honey. And just that makes them slightly sweet. That's such bullshit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It should stand on I'm its own. Made of I bullshit. should not have to add a cup and a half of sugar to a <laughs> to a fruit to make it better. <laughs> it's not a casserole over here. Uh, pineapple is sweet too. That's what's so weird about it. Pineapple sweet. Uh, you turn into southern. Pineapple sweet. <laughs> Number four, blueberry. Okay. Wow. Number low. three, blackberry. I like blackberries. Okay, you I put that above black. raspberries. Okay, you like them better. The, uh, if you get a great strawberry, I don't think you can anything can beat it. But like, as I said, they have a bad hit rate, and you can't look and tell. Sometimes you'll see a strawberry that's going to look amazing. so good; yeah. it looks like an eraser. Yeah, you know. Yes. And then you eat it, and you're like, "This is this, dog shit. This dog shit. It's a sour dog shit item." So it's hard to know by looking at. Yeah. It. Number two, raspberry. Number one, a strawberry. Now, let me ask you this. Please. What is the most consistent fruit that every time mm. is pretty much... Banana. Banana! <laughs> I was just going to say that. If it's ripe, you look at a banana, you know exactly what it's going to taste like. Yes. Th that's not true for apple. It's, it's not, not true, true for, for peach, yeah. apricot, nothing. Banana? Uh, banana. Banana is like... The real hero. This is what it is. The real consistent... You know what? Banana is the guy that you... Uh, not that you won't even call it settling at that point he's like the guy that you're like you know what you are a good man hey at the end of the movie the banana is the one you go with <laughs> the banana is the ben stiller he's, that she's yeah he's chosen. not the ethan hawk um I, i'll say ethan hawk is a total strawberry right ethan hawk is a strawberry <laughs> you don't Where know what every fifth good, time is great but most of the time he just makes you want to spit right right we um, used to go pick uh strawberries that was like a task like a, a day that we would have as a family is that we'd go to a strawberry farm and they they were like if you could pay for the privilege of just picking strawberries on your own for a day we would pick gallons of them and then we would get home and my mom would be like i'm sorry you can't eat any of them and then she would make jam out of them? she would just freeze most of them and then she would like yeah she would make jam and i was like what what are we? I, we literally spent hours in the sun picking strawberries um i'm gonna ask you a question please sir you have to banish all fruits from your life except one. Blueberry. You keep the blueberry. I keep a blueberry. I love a blueberry. Blueberries have a decent hit rate, but like with blueberries, I think every like third or fourth one is too sour. But a good blueberry is good. I've fully eaten spiders while trying to eat blueberries. Cool. Because sometimes okay. you don't look down and you just put a handful. And I've definitely like looked down and then been like, oh, there's three spiders <laughs> in this thing. How many spiders have I eaten so far? I remember my cousin, who you know, uh, who's now a grown-up and has two babies, uh, just had the second baby in, in the weirds. Uh, we were in, I still lived in Pakistan, but we were in, they lived in Queens, so we were visiting them, and we got cherries, and she said, we got a huge sack of cherries, <laughs> and I remember. Oh, cherries said, are great. Sorry, go ahead. Huh? Cherries are great. Cherries Sorry. are great. Are they a berry? No, they just rhyme with berry. Yeah, cherry berry. But cherry. <laughs> what cherry berries. Cherries. Um, so, you know, it was like a station wagon. So she had to sit like backwards facing the other way 
like in the trunk. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I used to have to do that. I would so vomit a lot. So we put the huge sack of cherries back there. And when we got there, we pulled it out and the bag was empty. And we're like, what happened? And I looked up at her and she had a look on her face. <laughs> that was, it was so, it was so upset she looked you know when you're like about to throw up and you're like kind of there but you're also not there you like your eyes don't focus yeah. and then she threw up right then and it was all red remember very straight up which is a v-swick style um okay well thanks for that fun game i would keep the banana just because they're consistent oh, yes, and i, I eat bananas every day constantly i eat blueberries most days frozen okay one last letter uh from lauren i'm writing with a weird request I separated from my husband about a month before the quarantine began. Oh, no. So what is an inherently isolating circumstance in the best of times now sucks twice as hard. I often find myself wondering, is anyone else out there going through the same thing? I just feel so alone, both literally and figuratively, I guess. So my question is this. Would you be willing to ask your listeners that question for me? That is, if any of them are going through a similar situation. It would be really encouraging to know that there are other people out there who are also in the midst of a breakup, separation, or divorce during a worldwide pandemic that I'm not the only one with such a sense of bad timing. You can't be the only one. I'm sure you're not. That's really, that's pretty sad. That's hard. It's, and it's, we've gotten a lot of questions from people asking, and she, you did not ask this question specifically, Lauren, but about dating in the weirds and being single in the weirds. Uh, we, obviously we don't have any context to give you or any kind of advice to give about what it's Oh like. no, I've been dating the whole time. <laughs> All right. How's it going for you? Uh, hit and miss, <laughs> you know, you know how the dating scene is. It's hard out there. I think it's an it, it having this much time to yourself has got to be difficult if you're going through a uh, separation. Um, also, good excuse to not if it was a good separation, which it kind of sounds like it is, a good excuse to not get back together with them. A good excuse to kind of you know keep things separate. Um, but yeah, you're you're going through a world of shit. Like you're going through something, and the world's going through something. So I am curious if there are other people out there going through that. Uh, Lauren, Lauren needs to know you're out there. Yeah. As far as dating goes, I don't know how, I don't know. And she's, again, I, I wouldn't recommend dating at this point in time. But I, it's it feels like an interesting time because I definitely have had a lot of online romances that weren't real in my lifetime. And I wonder how much of that is happening, that there's a right. beautiful layer of separation that we all have from each other, from strangers that then allows us to kind of explore these like fantasy worlds of like, maybe, right. maybe you're the one. And, 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 uh, also like I can be safe and like really delve into a relationship with you online or th through texting because there's no chance of us actually getting right. together. I wonder if that's happening a lot. I'm sure it is. And it's interesting because you said, you know, we're both, we both were not single for when like, online dating became a real thing like at that point there were some people i went on some dates from like me too from like uh i did myspace myspace or friendster the club. or I did facebook a couple of whatever but like and like nerve.com was the big yes. dating site then but that was it, for the freaks but when we got together in 2006 there was still like a stigma against yeah. it it was pretty rare that i knew anybody who'd like met someone there and now it's like really, really, really common. Yeah. We missed it. I know people who've met people online and then gone on socially distant walks. That sounds kind of nice. I do. It, it, and it is a sad thing of like when you know that there is an added barrier, 
either when you know that there's a barrier like a pandemic or when you know that there's an end date like oh he's only in town for like four months something about that allows us to be like let's go for it like let's just reveal all to each other but it's different in a pandemic because i think physical and emotional intimacy can come together whereas in a pandemic you can't really have that physical intimacy right i have had so many love affairs with dudes (laughs) where they're i never you know i was in a class about cyber culture swear to god this is how long ago it was in college i took a class and so we read like blade runner we read snow crash it it was like a literary a literature class that was about and part of the class was being in a chat room Mm. with your classmates by the way we just got into massive fights these people who i was perfectly nice to in person we would like devolve oh sure you saw what the internet would. we didn't understand there was a guy in my class i never spoke to one time but he and i would exchange these incredibly like we like, I think he like one time complimented a band shirt I was wearing over the chat. Like, and so we went off into a private chat room. We talked forever. We had such a connection. Never spoke. Never spoke one time. Not one time do we speak in class. Wow. I would see him three days a week. We never spoke. That is so interesting. And I, oh my God. There was something about it. Of it was like, a different context. It was a different context. And we couldn't break through that barrier. And then it just got too hard. And, this and then is, it, you're, you're afraid that if I'm you talk to them, the magic would disappear. The magic will disappear. And I wonder if this is happening for people who are attempting to date during all this of like, what the, f- how do you, when it's such a weird situation already, how can it not feel like a, a little bit like a fairy tale in a twisted way? Yeah. And how then do we ever get past that and make it feel normal? And I don't, I don't have the answer for that. That guy and I literally never spoke. I thought he was so cool. We never spoke because we were terrified. And it's the same thing of the kid, the 15-year-old kid that the woman wrote in about. Like, when you get into this pattern, it just gets built up too much to, like, try anything new. And I I just wonder what that's going to be like for people who are trying to date now of, like, we all get – we're in this pattern of, like, having kind of overly intimate conversations online. Yeah. Because of the pandemic and because of everything else. Right. And And then what do we do? People are just a little bit like open right now. Like I've mentioned when we had Issa on that a lot of these interviews, the interviewers kind of are very open and want to talk about how they're feeling. Like I feel like everybody's, I don't want to say everybody, that's a crazy generalization, but people are like in a very vulnerable emotionally open place certainly not everybody some people feel like lock it up tight certainly not (laughs) certainly not everybody uh but but yeah that's it's gonna be an interesting thing online dating when everybody's kind of dealing with you know i was talking to um watch this i was talking to stephen colbert a couple here we go uh when i did the show and he cut this out of the conversation because uh, we had a very Ooh, long inside scoop. We had a very long chat. Like we just had a very long just chat, and then they cut it down to ten minutes or whatever. And he said that he had to start that he went out and last night and looked at the moon and was like, everyone who's looking at that is de- going through the same thing right now. Everyone looking yeah. at that is like dealing with a We're global all pandemic yeah. right now. I, it's the same thing. I think the reason why people are thinking about people from their past because it's like, oh, that. We don't have anything in common anymore, except for the fact that we both are going through this. Um, I'm just curious if if any of you are dating out there, I'm curious how that's going, what that feels like, what that looks like. Let us know. Um, Hey, if that guy from my cyber culture class, sorry, you missed out on a real one. Yeah, (laughs) you did. Thank you. We should have talked. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you to him for missing out. The... um, Thanks for listening to Staying In with Emily and Kamel. As always, uh, 
all the proceeds from the ads on this, all the proceeds from the podcast go to Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, to Feeding America, and to the Center for Disaster Philanthropy. And uh, Netflix is going to have a movie called The Lovebirds. What? Tomorrow, What's that about? Friday, May 22nd, me, Issa Rae. I love this movie. So super, fun. super funny. Hey, the reviews are really good. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey. Uh, so watch it. It's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun action advent action comedy thriller rom com. Yeah, get into it. Make it your date night. Yes. All right, thanks guys. Bye.